Hi again, I'm Malak Fuad, and you're listening to What I Did Next from ANT Media. I hope you enjoyed our season wrap-up last week. Today's episode is a deep dive with our partners, EFG Holding. As a longtime sponsor of the show, EFG Holding have shown themselves to be avant-garde and frontier-breaking, in keeping with their own ethos as a trailblazing financial institution with the Universal Bank in Egypt and the leading investment bank in frontier and emerging markets. On this episode, I'm sitting down with two key representatives of the bank, Ala Eddin Al-Hafifi, CEO of EFG Finance and EFG Holding Company, EFG Holdings non-bank financial institutions, NBFI platform. I'll also be speaking to Mohamed Abubesha, an MD and head of macroeconomic analysis at EFG Hermes Research. We'll talk about their early career pivots, what brought them to EFG, and how the company's culture and values is at the foundation of their own growth. Alaeddin Al-Hafifi started out at EFG Holding in 1999. I loved it. Basically, it was a very interesting time. Um, and, and all of that was on the back of my internship with EFG. I found it super interesting and I had like, you know, I did the rounds, so I went and did a bit of brokerage, asset management, and, and investment banking uh, at an interesting time because there was a, a very active uh, uh, stock market back then, and there was a privatization program. Uh, so again, going back to my uh, my full-time um, job at EFG, I joined in 99, left in 2003 to do my master's. Uh, so traveled to the States, uh, uh, I did my master's at, uh, at Wharton, uh, UPenn, basically. Um, in 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 business administration with a focus, they have a focus at Wharton, so with a focus in uh, in finance and entrepreneurial management. Exactly what my father did. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's one of the only schools that has a, f- a focus on finance. Yes, yes. And then uh, I went. Um, I had vowed not to do investment banking again. Uh, Why? Let me tell you. I don't know. I didn't want to. I thought. Obviously, I learned a lot uh, during uh, my my stint at EFG, but I thought. Uh, I, I had enough. I, I wanted to be on the buy side of things, but anyways, this 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 never happened. So I <laughs> I wanted to to join a private equity uh, firm in uh, in the states. That so was a pivot that never happened. In fact, that's a pivot that happened later, okay. not not then. So okay. uh, so I then uh, I, I actually ended up joining uh, Goldman Sachs, uh, but I didn't stay long. I stayed for a while, and then I got a call from a. A very dear cousin of mine, who's, who, who and we, we had already worked together at, at EFG. Uh, so he called me. He said, "Like you know, why don't you join us? Uh, we're doing private equity, etc. We'd love to have you, etc." So basically, I moved. And uh, I remember my father had had traveled to London to convince me to stay. To stay where? Uh, in in Goldman. Oh, really? uh, In London, and I ended up like basically traveling back to. And what was him. his rationale for that? His rationale was it was too soon. Um, I'm working with a you know with a with a with a very reputable obviously firm with a big name etc. Why don't you stay longer and so on and so forth. Once you go back and actually that was also the opinion of uh, uh, many uh, like you know senior people at at the firm. And once you go back, it's you know tough to to, to have this option again. Uh, my argument was at the time that you know I I didn't want to do banking. So you came back to Cairo yeah. to EFG. No. To ah, you didn't Citadel see, ah, so you went to Citadel from yes, London. Yes, I see. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and I did uh, basically uh, private equity, uh, and then I went to Algeria, which is a pretty interesting. I remember uh, that phase. Pivot yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of pivots in life. So why Algeria? Because um, we had advi- at the time of, uh, of of EFG, we had advised a number of high-profile uh, Egyptian companies 
on 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 acquisitions uh, in Algeria, and it was a golden era actually in Algeria from let's say from ninety nine to two thousand and eight. It was very pro foreign investment and so on and so forth. So a lot of Egyptian companies ended up investing in Algeria. I went as well at that time. I was there in two thousand and two. I was working for a PR firm in Cairo okay, for Weber Shandwick. Yes. And it it was another world, uh, Algeria at yes. that time. Yes. It's a it's a it's an amazing country, yeah. very interesting country. And I worked there for for maybe two and a half years. Uh, and then I went back to Egypt. So I did a bit of uh, advisory work. Uh, obviously, that was uh, also coincided with uh, with COVID, right? So I had this, I established this uh, company in Abu Dhabi, uh, end of Feb. Uh, 2020. What timing? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so a couple of weeks uh, before COVID hit. Yeah. And uh, in parallel, I wanted to do something uh, more permanent, more lasting. So um, I embarked on a very interesting trip with a couple of partners. Uh, we tried to do, um, uh, we tried to establish a real estate business, a real estate advisory business, basically. First, for the first, I mean, for two years we did this, and and actually this business we were we were going to focus on yield generating investments, real estate investments. Uh, that and actually that area uh, would have really flourished even in Egypt, uh, but then it didn't till now. It will, I'm sure, at some point, it didn't till now because the regulations in Egypt did not basically allow it to flourish. Mm -hmm. So let's move in now to EFG. your EFG years, your your more recent years. Firstly, I want to know how has it changed from round one? Yeah. What has changed? I mean, obviously, it's a lot larger. Yes. That is visible just coming into the office. That's one thing I noticed. I remember your offices in Shara Tahrir. Yes. Um, but beyond that, how has the culture evolved of the firm? Um, what are the values of the firm? Um, and what of those values do you like the most, for example? No, I think certain things changed and certain things remained the same, which mm -hmm. is a great thing. So a lot of the very good things remained the same. So I think obviously markets became more sophisticated, uh, quicker in nature, more structured in nature. This, this basically, uh, this is something that's probably good and bad. Uh, but it is what it is. Back then, it was uh, very entrepreneurial. Uh, we were really pushing the envelope. There was, I mean, no such thing as an investment bank in Egypt, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was the, the 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 case back then. Now it's different, and mm. now there's an underlying, like you know, culture. Obviously, that 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 that's everywhere in the firm. What is that culture? Um, it's a culture of excellence. It's a culture of like you know, really putting people first and putting the companies. Uh, personnel first, employees first, uh, reputation first. So, so that's prevalent across the the, the, the firm. Uh, what I can say is that you know you had you have different pockets with different cultures, and that's normal because you have obviously the 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 perennial investment bank. So the, the EFG is the investment bank yes. mostly, right? So this is what created EFG. Yes. Uh, so there's the investment bank. By investment bank, I'm talking in the wider sense, so brokerage and asset management included. And uh, of course, you're talking about it. It's 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 a regional bank, so it's course. not a question of this is a culture of the investment sector no, in Egypt. This no. is a, a pan-Arab, even further. It's a frontier, yeah, exactly. of, uh, basically market uh, play. Yeah, and you'd have the same culture across uh, the, the the markets EFG operates mm -hmm. in, which is which is a great thing. So that culture is very strong, and this is actually what made EFG withstand the ups and downs of the many uh, basically uh, economies it operated yeah. in 
uh, chief of which is Egypt, obviously. Uh, and it's there. And it has a very interesting uh, composition. So it's an interesting shareholder base. It's a company that's listed. So it's a, it's it's driven by uh, definitely the, the the amazing shareholders we have, but but also by uh, the management we have, and 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 there's a sense of community and camaraderie, etc. So yeah. it's a very um, uh, cohesive and like you know, it's not it's not it's never been a one man show. For example, yeah. even even at the, even in the early days, you had like you know several figures driving business mm -hmm. each in their own area so so that's that's a great thing let's talk a little bit about your area or your department tell me a little bit about it i uh, i know that it's an area that's expanding massively yeah not just for the bank but um but across across the 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 business sector in Egypt as a whole. EFG Finance started uh, in 2017, but it started with, it wasn't a platform uh, to begin with. Uh, it started off with EFG acquiring uh, 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 or actually establishing a leasing business basically in 2015. And then the following year, it acquired a company called Tenmea, which is a microfinance company. And then leasing, uh, what followed leasing was factoring. And then it made a number of other investments, value, started off as a as a tiny thing now it's huge huge uh and and they did such a great job yeah. and even the, the the name itself i think is synonymous with a lot of things now and, and they're pivoting into other other like you know products uh, as we speak every shop you go into yeah. everywhere you go you see yeah. it yeah it's incredible so it's incredible and yeah. that actually put a lot of strain actually on 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 how to manage something like that it's and it's also new right so i yeah. think value at the time is something that really broke a lot of uh taboos and actually pushed efg to rethink everything i think what do you mean by the taboos because people traditionally don't like to do things in installments or no because it made you probably go out of your comfort zone so efg was always like you know the a brand it had its own uh, customer base yeah. etc value is a mass say, value microfinance is for the masses yeah. and this was why one of the reasons why tenme was kept like you know not many people knew that Tenmeo was part of EFG. Let's put it this way. Even, even name-wise, etc. Right, right. Value was somewhere in between. Obviously, value targets a completely different customer than Tenmeo. Yeah. But again, it has to expand. It has to mm, branch out. Mm. You have to see the name everywhere. Uh, that was ne not to so say the... It's another way of thinking about the overall umbrella. Yes. And how to have them, all these different elements integrated comfortably. Yes. And it was different because uh, Tenmeo was acquired, right? Yeah. And it has its own management, etc. Yeah. And even the headquarters are in Maadi. Value was born out of mm, EFG mm, here mm. in in this building. Yes. Uh, and then it's, it expanded very rapidly, and and I think it pushed the platform to a certain area. Yeah. Coinciding with with the value growth were investments in other areas. So you had investments in a payment processing company with a, whose uh, uh, parent company is Saudi is in Saudi basically, uh, an investment in a life insurance business. Uh, with our friends at uh, Ghabur, Ghabur Capital, and uh, an investment in mortgage finance. So it was an existing company, and, and we acquired basically a third of it, again, with another third being owned by, by Ghabur uh, Capital. Uh, so th this was very interesting. And, and also EFG started, because it believed in tech, started like really believing in tech, and, and tech is the, basically was the name of the game. So it invested in, uh, in an accelerator, with a view to uh, incubate, not really incubate, but mostly accelerate some startups uh, and potentially uh, uh, acquire mm -hmm. a bigger stake in some of these startups. So basically, that was a testing ground for like you know new ideas, sure. etc. That would then benefit EFG. And or... what stage is that at? 
it's uh, we have like you know more than 20 startups 24 startups we had two exits uh, last year all of them actually the two startups uh, last year the two exits last year were acquired by EFG companies uh, so one of them was mm-hmm. acquired by mm-hmm. uh, by value and the other one was acquired by Tenmea uh, and these are Egyptian startups Egyptian startups homegrown homegrown uh, some of them are have already expanded uh, abroad yeah uh, and we usually, with the way it works, uh, is uh, we seed them with, uh, with a bit of money. So we don't have like you know very meaningful stakes in them. So four percent, seven percent, etc. Maybe a. Uh, and presumably, you're spreading that out over several companies. We're spreading that out to see what will what will what will grow. Exactly, but we're trying to help them out a yeah. lot. We're trying to like you know extract as much synergies mm-hmm. or as many synergies as possible. Uh, between them and existing companies within the group, those some of them become interesting in their own right and not necessarily as part of EFG eventually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but some of them uh, fit well within the group, and and therefore, mm. if that's the case, uh, we we mm. acquire them. That's not the the the, the norm, but no, that's, but sometimes but it, it happens, can happen. Yeah. Can happen exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it. Yeah. So so again, my job here is to I'm I'm trying to rethink everything in light of like you know the 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 the, the big growth in value. For example, the values now. Um, independent from the group, uh, we still hold like you know uh, majority stake. You know they moved offices just because they outgrew the current space. So they now have a back office in Maidi. They have their main offices in Arken. Uh, I'm on the board. Uh, I help out whenever I can, but it's mostly running uh, <laughs> separately from the group. And and your division, most of the 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 businesses you've mentioned or the categories you've mentioned. Are Egypt based, or are there some they are Egypt within the region as they well? They are Egypt based. Our main focus is Egypt. We'd love to go abroad, uh, but we think there's a lot of like you know basically uh, tweaking of the yeah. strategy, etc. To so sure. we're focusing more more on Egypt, and then you get the model correct exactly. here, and then move exactly. with it. The strategy basically we're revisiting everything, so yeah. we're trying to like you know mostly focus on those areas where we have control and 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 there's a thematic basically approach to things and trying to think that you know data and 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 we try to think that we are good at underwriting risk mm. uh, so we think that may be the 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 main pillar of our strategy going forward i'm talking about the platform efg finance uh, and therefore we're relying everywhere on data we're trying to like you know build systems in-house uh relying on on the amazing EFG team technology team basically to make sure that you know we we extract the most value out of each of these uh, individual uh, affiliates or subsidiaries yeah. so that's the theme yeah some other areas where we we may not extract that much value etc we are revisiting things and we may exit from some of the investments sure. we have we may make more investments so yeah. it's it's really a very interesting yeah. time yeah well perfect thank you Ala. thank you Malik Mohamed Abu Basha, head of macroeconomic analysis at EFG Hermes Research, is a veteran at the company, having been there for 17 years. He started out working with the Egyptian government where he evaluated projects that were financed by international donors and investors. Our job was an interesting one, which you do like a post-impact um, evaluation, just an impact evaluation. So it's not an evaluation for the project during the you know, preparation phase or the execution phase. It's just we go after the job has been done, you know, paid full for, and then you go two years later, three years later, and check, first of all, does this project exist, <laughs> exist to start with? <laughs> and then, like, how useful or obviously unuseful it was. And then we we published kind of reports. 
that were uh, kind of you know presented to the minister and so on and then uh, we had also like a i mean the the center where i worked which is called um, pima they had other uh, kind of roles of being more of a advisor to the minister you know so we were doing a, a number mm-hmm. of uh, other jobs so that was not just the only job that we used to do and why did you choose to move on from that i think it was kind of entertaining the the world of investment a bit more just more um, you know economic development is interesting but uh, um to me it was always the idea of trying to practice a bit economics uh, and i saw uh, investment banks as a world where you can uh, have a mix of theory and and uh, you know practice and um, so it was a bit dry for you maybe yeah too theoretical maybe and i mean here it's it's uh, and and too focused you know here just the scope is much bigger because uh, you have the world of finance so you see what's happening at the corporate level but also you you focus on the macro so you can combine the micro with the macro in a very practical way you know mm-hmm. neither is theoretical yeah. I mean, you're doing practical macro jobs uh, assignments and also you know very practical micro because i have all my colleagues covering the different uh, you know sectors hands on you talk to the corporates so you know it gives a very broad uh, um, perspective and when you joined 17 years ago what where did you join what section did you join um it was straightforward on on macro so um so since you've been in the same uh, yeah yeah i section. can tell you like yeah yeah it was there was a nice story that one of my colleagues uh, uh used to just always t- tell me later on which is um she was a very senior analyst here and then she called me once and said like uh, this is before joining EFG and before even applying she said uh, oh, we got your cv you know uh, we want to, to actually wanted to hire you as a financial analyst even without the, you know the first interview and said like no thank you i'm not interested i just want to be a macro uh, if there's an offering on macro i can join uh, if if, other, if if not then you know i won't and yeah she keeps reminding me of uh, and why <laughs> why do why were you so fixated on on joining the macro section yeah because it's just the the passion you know as i said the i mean my study was econ- you know economics and political economy so again it was um, started with political economy which obviously you know is very theoretical and then actually decided to do one of the other major later on uh, halfway through mm. which was kind of taking the more practical side of it but it's also that big picture idea big picture. Exactly. obviously and then you get the big picture and uh, and um, to me the one thing that was missing is just really taking it to practical level so at the end of the day obviously it's all study you know theories uh, stories here and there but uh, Uh, because part of political economy obviously you look at countries you know how they how they behave how they develop why they they develop sometimes why they don't develop and so on lots of details on different countries uh so it was kind of okay you know i like this really very much uh, i just want to uh, you know practice this in a way interesting it sounds like you could have easily become a professor as well uh, because if you like to be involved in this macro world you're you're bringing in stories from different sectors and you're trying to create a big a bigger story out of them right yeah 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 absolutely yeah absolutely. and when you joined 17 years ago uh and you look at the environment you're in today at efg tell me a little bit about the culture of the company um the the values of the company have they have they progressed have they shifted what what is it like to work here I think the um, not much has changed of the core which is I guess why you will tend to find a lot of people uh spending you know many years within EFG 
so yeah, I mean, 17 years, I'm definitely not uh, <laughs> the longest kind of serving person here. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, I think what's really very special about EFG is, is it's the, um, the exposure you get. I think it's, it's, uh, it's almost, um, hard to compare. What do you mean by the exposure? Uh, exposure in, in the sense of, um, the different, you know, so exposure to colleagues that are very experienced exposure to other business lines also. Um, uh, exposure to corporates, you know, we cover all corporates, we talk to, you know, top management of those corporates, exposure in terms of geography, you know, so we're not limited to Egypt, uh, we're always more of a MENA house. And then in the last seven, eight years, we even expanded to be a frontier house. So we're exposure into Africa and Asia. So exposure has been growing from a geographical perspective. Um, exposure, obviously, in dealing with uh, investors all over the world. Uh, so every day, you know, you have calls or you're attending conferences with investors from US, UK, South Africa, Asia, uh, exposure of, um, being able to travel to all of those countries that you cover and, you know, speak with policymakers, uh, companies and so on. So, um, it's a very broad exposure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And tell me a little bit about the, the specific sector you're in. Give me a little bit more, uh, context as to you're because you're in the macro research section other departments feed you information is that right so you get information from all different departments and try and create a sort of a a larger picture again i think that's the uh, you know nice way about it which is or the good good thing about it it's uh it's a two-way kind of a conversation so uh um, I need a lot of their wisdom, you know, what do they do, you know, what do they see, what do they see when they talk to people, what do some of our own business lines, you know, how, how are they interacting, how they see business progressing and so on. And, uh, and then also, you know, sometimes I have to, or many times I have to just present, okay, what do I think about the economy? What do we see from policymakers side? What do we see from the corporate side? Because, um, you know, uh, when you cover macro, you tend to be the person where a lot of things just like come to you through your way um, a bit more than most others, you know, because others would be probably focused a bit about certain sectors, certain industry. Um, but then, you know, uh, macro, you know, you, you look at, you try to look at almost everything because everything helps you just like coming up with a bigger picture at the end of the day. So, uh, so I think that's the beautiful thing about it as well. It's just like it's a two-way thing. So I need them, they need me, uh, and then you have a very healthy mm -hmm, relationship mm -hmm. in that sense. And presumably you're the face of the bank in a lot of situations, right? So you you mentioned a lot of conferences that you have to attend. Um, give me a sense of um, the types of conferences that you would attend. I know that, you, that EFG have their own sponsored conferences uh, several times a year. Give me a sense of... Uh, who attends them and what your role is in those? Yeah, we we actually we 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 organize the largest uh, kind of frontier emerging market uh, markets uh, conference um, I'd say in the world. Actually, uh, we tend to have close to two hundred companies attending from all over the world, and they meet uh, uh, investors again from all over the world. So uh, that's a, a unique one in terms of its size, its outreach. Uh, and where is that? Is it the same place every year? Uh, it, it's primarily in Dubai. In I mean, Dubai. It used to be in Egypt, uh, but then it grew so big and um, much bigger and much more diversified. So uh, when is it's that? In Dubai. It's usually in March. In March. 
Yeah, and then we have a smaller one in 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 London, uh, usually around uh, September. Uh, a similar one, but a bit smaller. But the 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 bigger one is usually in Dubai. Uh, we have, um, as I said, more than two hundred companies from maybe you know, I mean close to twenty five countries plus. And do those two conferences deal with slightly different? elements or are they similar just it's, it's a similar setting where you try to bring companies in front of investors uh in in you know uh, it's like almost a one-stop shop you know people can come and have 30 40 meetings with you know as said companies from different parts of the world um in many cases also we host uh, policy makers uh, so you can find um, central bank governors head of exchanges uh, ministers of uh, finance economy whatever from you know the different countries that we cover so there's also the exchange with with policy makers what is the best thing about your job if you were to think about it in terms of all the elements what what gets you excited to come in every morning? I think it's the idea... After 17 years, the, the, there know, must be something... There, there has to be something that that's um, that's also that changes with time, right? Yeah, I think it's, it's just the excitement of, uh, you know, every single day something is happening, you know, somewhere uh, in the world. And obviously, when your coverage expands, that, that you know, helps uh, greatly. So... Uh, you know, as I told you, my coverage goes up from all the way from West Africa, passing through North Africa, the Gulf countries up to Southeast Asia. So for sure, you know, within that uh, kind of, you know, big geography, something is happening, you know, everywhere. Um, you know, interesting to cover, having to talk to people, try to understand and then convey the message, have views. Uh, people want to listen to, you know, what you say, obviously. As you do more and more and you build credibility with investors, uh, people are interesting to hear, you know, hear your views, read your reports. And I think also the interesting thing is that also um, a part of that exposure is um, you talk to a lot of people, you know, it's kind of endless flow of people between business people, companies, small or big uh, investors, um, government officials. Um, just almost everyone, you know, mm-hmm. um, on the cycle, uh, which is, again, I mean, that's a very privileged uh, position yeah. because, um, as I said, as the macro guy, like a lot of things comes into uh, your way. You get calls from, you know, you start to develop new relationships, you know, you talk to people, test your ideas, uh, get interesting ideas from others because it's always like a two-way. I mean, I, I, I obviously, you know, with conversations with, with clients, you get an idea of, oh, okay, you know what, that's an interesting one. Let me just like look at this. I haven't thought about it that way. And what so far has been a major pivot for you when you look back at what you've done so far? I mean, first of all, going to the German school was a big pivot. The transition, this was a big pivot. In what way um, and why? Why, in the sense of um, it was, uh, you know, change of schools at younger ages already, you know, it is, is a bit of a challenge. Um, you go into um, uh, it, it's 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 a you know, the, it's, they call it the end class. I mean, that's one where they, uh, you know, you have to do a lot of tests and, and pass exams and so on to join. So you tend to have like good people in um in in the class i mean before you're always like you know the maybe the best guy in your class now you're you're joining a lot of best people you know best guys in the class you're one of many that ups you know the the challenge new language i didn't speak german before neither of my parents spoke german so you had to do a lot of work on your own 
um, and then ending up doing the the German Abitur as well. No, uh, that also was another one. It's a year longer. Uh, it's a very tough exam as it's, well. Uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think also the during university just deciding to do like double major because obviously that's uh, more effort, more money. <laughs> of course. Uh, so and, and it required actually staying almost a year longer in university. So that was a, another one, which I think was one of the best decisions probably I've ever made. Because you were, I guess, very young when you started at yeah. university. So it's good to have that extra year too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the change obviously to the private sector was a big one, a totally, you know, different dynamics, different exposure. Um, and I think also the maybe one last pivot as well is um, the, you know, as I told you, EFG historically has been more of a MENA house. Mm -hmm. um, now the pivot towards um, you know covering frontier markets that was a huge a huge one because suddenly after looking for many years on you know Egypt where you kind of live in on the Gulf countries you know same language um, culturally uh, similar culturally similar um, suddenly you had to cover and visit and properly cover countries like Nigeria Kenya Bangladesh Vietnam Pakistan Tanzania you know so that was a that was a big challenge because we decided to do the macro coverage in-house so uh, we have acquired um, you know um, analysts covering the the different sectors in those economies and presumably you have people on the ground in all these places in all of those places yeah, yeah. so uh, again quite privileged to uh, to always you know can pick up the phone ask the guys what's happening on the ground connect me to this and that and so on and, and are those that. local people or egyptians who are living no, there no, they're all local they're all local they're all local with their own networks with and... their own networks yeah. and and so on which obviously makes life easier for for me and I'm very grateful for for obviously their mm. presence but I said also the idea of, you know, visiting there, building new connections with the people from, you know, different contexts, different culture, different languages, uh, always surprised uh, to see, uh, oh, you know, an Egyptian company, Egyptian people popping up here. I mean, we haven't seen that before. That's always also makes things a bit special. So I think that was also a major, major uh, pivot. But that makes it very exciting because it's never the same and it's always changing. And I guess the nerd in you, probably likes that right where exactly. you're, you're so, being challenged i mean so, so you were asking like kind of you know what, what what makes you go up out of bed in the morning and come it's exactly this yeah one. yeah yeah muhammad that was really interesting tell me one last thing how do you see do you see any changes coming up in the future for the division or do you see it more of of a similar trajectory uh, no, I think, you know, as, as an investment bank, things tend to be quite dynamic because things, you know, change a lot. Uh, how, you know, the world changes, it, it implicates your business. And, you know, if you don't adapt, you don't have a, a big shot to survive. So uh, it keeps evolving. Um, I mean, primarily, it's to a large extent, yeah, we do this. I mean, on the macro front, I mean, we do the same work, but obviously um, the way, you know, and obviously you're facing challenges from, um competitors but then you face challenges from artificial intelligence and you know things are keep keep changing yeah. so you need to keep doing things in a different way uh, i mean the good thing about this job as well is that at the end of the day it's a you know it's a people business like yeah. you have to say i mean it's it's hard to re to to entirely replace so it's the idea of how you always make yourself relevant interesting to your um, to your investor or your client basically Thank you, Mohammed. Uh, thank, thank you, you for, for being with me. me.
Thank you for joining me on this special episode of What I Did Next from ANT Media. I'm Malak Fuad. We'll be back with a new season in March. And until then, remember that you can catch up with any episodes you've missed on your podcast player. You can also watch segments of our interviews on YouTube and you can connect with us on Instagram, X and on LinkedIn. Hope to see you soon.